0: This is Women Who Build Empires, a podcast celebrating women entrepreneurs and thought leaders who are turning the tables on outdated old school belief systems and building business empires that align with who they are, how they work, and how they are leaving a lasting legacy. And I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner, serial entrepreneur, investor, and business consultant for ambitious women entrepreneurs who are boldly taking their business to the next level. In each episode, you're gonna to get to know the women who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of how both success and failure have helped them become incredible CEOs. Hey Empresses. Well, I haven't had a great rags to riches story on recently. If you dig back um, into of the older episodes you're definitely going to find them and i love these stories um, partly because for me they're so inspiring and they remind me that regardless of what happens in life you always have the opportunity to create something newly expand yourself um, take a different path make different choices and today's guest precious williams is the epitome of a rags to riches story. After losing everything, Precious recreated herself. She is now a 13 time national elevator pitch champion. She's been featured on Shark Tank. She's been the Wall Street Journal, Forbes magazine, Black Enterprise magazine, Essence magazine, and a list so long that um, I will just stop there. And she is absolutely 100% unapologetically herself. And I think you're going to find her story, how she's building her business, to be one of the most unique stories that you hear this year. Precious, we have known each other for, I'm going to say, definitely more than a hot minute. And uh, I can't believe, like, I never thought to have you on the show before. So thank you so much. Duh on me. And you're here now. So welcome.
1: I'm so excited to be here, Kuwait. And and sometimes it just, when the timing is perfect, that's when everything falls into place. I I didn't take any offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But you, for however long I've known you, because I think it's been years, like years and years and years, and Mm -hmm. we've kind of moved through like the same circles, even though we've never lived really close to each other. (laughs) Like, it's been really amazing to see your growth and you just Step into your voice and really hold space for other women to do the same thing. So, how'd you get there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? I think that when I look back over time with the way I was raised, I didn't have connections with women or men. I, you know, I was so focused on achievements and accomplishments that it wasn't until I, you know, hit rock bottom, you yeah. know. Late 2016 and into 2018, the darkest moments of my life, you know, losing the love of my life and just spiraling out of control, hitting rock bottom and being so ashamed that I never realized there was a strength in that because I got to see people for who they are. Mm-hmm. And I was able to see that a lot of us are walking wounded. And so we mask. And when someone gives you the opportunity, not just to say, hey, how are you doing? And keep walking out. That's good. Talk to me. Give me some of that true tea. Let's sit down. It makes a difference because people can feel they can trust you. You're not going to run out and say anything. You're like, I'm glad you're saying it because I was feeling the same way. That's why I asked you so we could talk. And that has helped because I'm more concerned about people, not accomplishments, not achievements. And there's something so special about watching a woman who nearly gave up on herself, discover and rediscover the magic within. And I want to be there for all of that. And that's how women have been to me since I'm no longer a robot. So that's why I hold space. And I also hold space for women to truly be who they are. And that's amazing. I mean, when people meet me now versus who who I was back then, it's night and day because I'm really concerned now. And I'm really, I want to laugh and listen, I want to talk ratchet stuff and I want to talk sophisticated stuff too. Like, let's go. That's the beauty of the forties, in my opinion, because I am who I am. And so that gives other women permission to be themselves. Well, I can only wait to
0: see you in your fifties because for me, (laughs) it's been a whole nother level of, of that. Yeah. And like 40s was really owning myself and and rediscovering. And 50 is, I don't even know how to describe it yet because I'll be 52 um, right around when, when this goes live. And it's like the whole world's blown open because I don't care what other people think even less. Yes. Or even more, whatever. Like I just, and it's how do I help and connect people? And continue to make little dents in the world that create ripple effects.
1: So, well, Quinn, you just said something. Those are gifts that when you're in your 20s, you don't know is coming. You, yeah. You're afraid of getting older, and it is what it is, right? my breasts don't have to sit up as if when I was in my twenties, but ain't nobody complaining. Okay. Anyway. And <laughs> being me, like I can wear glitterati oh. in the middle of the afternoon, like Liberace instead of, you know, I'll take things out for special. Every day is a special occasion. So I want to rock out. And so I, I was looking at, I, what's her name? Iris Apple. She's so mm-hmm. eclectic dressing. And I'm like, Hmm. Mm. I'm gonna choose every day to be a special occasion for something, and so I'm not gonna wait to use the nice stuff because every day can be nice. And I have I have hard moments and tough moments, but I have a great group of women around me, and no matter what we're all going through, it's not the competition it once was. It is literally, y'all. I'm about to snatch somebody's edges and mine. Come talk me off the ladder. They know what to do. Yeah. You know? Yes. In the 20s, you're like this. I got to look perfect. You know, I got to have the right job. I got to be dating the right baby. No. No,
0: no. And I think the imperfections are what make us unique. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love what you said because the one thing that, that, and I, people laugh with me, but I feel like my face is falling off now that I turned 50, right? It's just sliding down. <laughs> and, There's not a lot I can do about it. So just like roll with it. And some days I'm more comfortable with rolling than others. But it's also the signal that I've been through some shit. And I've had incredible experiences. And I've learned from them. And I've grown. So I think that's what makes you so unique is you're so comfortable being you with all of the perfections and imperfections.
1: I spent way too much of my life being the carbon copy of other people, right? And I I'll meet women and men who that come to me like and hey, you're booked and you're hired and you da, and you're just you. I said, "Yeah, cuz growing up as a a young black girl turning into a young woman, now a woman of a certain age, yeah. In in the in those earlier stages I was taught that be quiet and just, you know, show up and do the work. But it, it, to me, in my opinion, wasn't really getting me anywhere because I was in the background. Right. And so I want to be remember rainbow bright, light, bright, and all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, the day. Yeah. Rainbow bright, light, bright, punky Brewster, all of those things. It was like, there was like those pockets of girl power, and somehow along the way, you feel like you gotta disconform. And I thank God. Thank God, we've lived long enough to understand the gift of age. Yes, Queen, you're right. My nothing sits the way it used to. What I used to eat, and I remember watching the Golden Girls, and I n- I'll never forget when Blanche said this. She said, "Just looking at it, it makes my panties it makes it cut off my panties cut off my circulation." She's just looking <laughs> at something. Cheesecake, and I said. <laughs> I'm going to have it anyway, though. But I'm going to, I acknowledge what she was saying. I didn't understand back then. I didn't understand how breaking bread over cheesecake or just talking with friends or, you know, when you're meeting people for the first time and you have coffee and tea and I don't go in to ask for anything. I don't. And they're like, well, what can I do to help you? Can we just enjoy this? Because I just want to if we have chemistry. If I don't like you, it wouldn't matter what I need. I'm not coming to you. Right. And so operating from a different standpoint of just, okay, in that first meeting, we got to, you know, help each other. I don't know you. And I don't know if you're trustworthy enough. And I, and I don't think you know that about me. So let's enjoy the time we have together. If something pops, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, Maybe it's timing, just like when we started this conversation. Mm -hmm. Timing is everything. In my 20s, could I have had this conversation with you? No, because I'd have been thinking, I know everything. At 44, (laughs) oh no, nothing. Life is, technology has changed faster than I've, you know, listen, I remember playing Super Mario Brothers. They ain't got games like Super Mario Brothers anymore. Girl, they, they oh, get guns on them. They, they snatching cars. I said, you know, we didn't move fast. There was a BlackBerry once. There was a flip phone, and now people got iPhones and Androids. And now there's a fight over that, and I'm like, y'all yeah, do realize that everything is on technology, and that's scary to me because these kind of moments are we gonna be reduced to text messaging? Like, or well, that's the that's thing I want. I I want that life. Like that is one of my pet peeves is that people would
0: rather email or text than have real conversations mm-hmm. and particularly the hard conversations.
1: Ooh, yes.
0: And it's so easy to take things out of context and you lose the humanity. And I mean, and I've seen it with on social too, where people start getting into these like little comment battles and they don't even know each other and they're angry and We're losing our ability to sit down and come together and just understand.
1: But I also think that, Courtney, it talks to you about the walking wounded with technology. Yes, it's awesome. It is awesome. But one statement does not define an entire person, right? Yeah. I actually experienced this a couple of days ago there. Uh, one of my uh, friends, she posted something and it was very black and white. And I kind of wanted to bring a little nuance. She has not responded. It's almost as if she's not said anything. And I said, well, how do I handle that? And um, I said, I could call or whatever. And I'm still trying to figure it out, but you know me and you know, I'm not whatever. So I think it's upon me to call and make sure we are good yeah. Then, two, because I, I don't violently go back and forth with anybody on social media because number one, you don't know me. And number two, what we were originally supposedly beefing about does not really exist. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah. And so, you know, with our younger people, I, I want them to know I think that's why there's so much animosity and anger. People don't feel heard. And when you're reduced to 140 characters or anything like that, there are things that are lost in the sauce. And so you can watch a whole lot of gossip. You can watch a whole thing, a lot of things about celebrities. And I'm back to, well, what about your own life? How are you Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself? Like, it's great that all these people are doing these great marketing campaigns and people on the Super Bowl. I think that's awesome. But that's not where you are. Right. So the more focused you are on other people and celebrities and influencers, the less value you, you have internally. So you will argue about what they're doing and not do something for yourself or yeah. your business or your brand or your career or your relationships. So I want to bring the focus back to that instead of let's have a conversation about how the 1% or how influencers or our celebrities are doing when a lot of people are scared and frightened and no one cares about what they go through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to circle back to what you said about hitting rock bottom
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Um, I'd love to have you share what that looked like for you, because I am sure there is somebody listening to this who will benefit um, and is feeling at least some of the feels that you had in those moments.
1: So when I say I hit rock bottom, you know, right after I appeared on Shark Tank season eight in 2016, I was battling with my ex-business partner. Because Shark Tank was an amazing experience. It's just that when you're gifted and talented in your craft and someone isn't, it can throw things off. And so the producers had to make a decision. Who can pitch this? It's me. I started it, whatever. I lost the love of my life, this amazing man. And I had been alcohol free for years, nine years, nine years, annoying, you know, turning on and looking at. You know, seeing TMZ and seeing he's died. We weren't together, but he inspired me to start my first company. And in part, the second one, Perfect Pictures by Precious. And all I wanted to do was drink because I needed to numb what I was feeling. And one drink turned into two and then to spending all my money on champagne and making mimosas. And after a while, you can't afford champagne. So you go with, you go hardcore. I don't even want to, I don't even want to taste it. I just want to be toe up from the flow (laughs) up. Yeah. Well, queen, and all of that, I lost everything, right? I lost my business, I lost respect, I lost my home, I lost everything, and all I wanted to do was drink from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. There's a song by The Weeknd called "The Hills," and he has a line, and it that says, um, I only love when you touch me, and I feel me. When I'm effed up, that's the real me. But I drink alone. I didn't drink with people. Right. I, I got toe up. So when I say I hit rock bottom, I tried to take my life on my 38th birthday, January 22nd, 2017. Obviously, I'm still here at <laughs> <laughs> it. I remember waking up, waking up in the hospitals in St. Louis because, you know, you know, I left St. Louis when I was 18 to go and find myself and find my life and go to school and law school and everything. But I wanted to die there because that's, that's what symbolized death for me. It's over. No one respects me. No one cares about me. You know how it be. Mm-hmm. Woke up so mad. I said, Hi, right. I can't even kill myself right? What? Yo, they right at that medication. Queen, when I tell you I woke up two weeks later, oh, I'm alive and I felt every fiber of my body. Being with the right medication in my system, you know, I have invisible disabilities, too, that people, you know, you can't see it, but I have them, and I've had them for years. Right. And so I wasn't taking my medication through all of that. I was just drinking, and, you know, it all spiraled out of control. My brain was gone. And luckily, an angel had been looking for me, Miss Joanne Francis. And she got me out of St. Louis. Doctors put me on a bus and sent me back to New York. I had no place to live, and she got me in a crisis respite and ultimately the Bowery Mission Women's Center. And that big life that I had, shark thinking all of that, I was reduced down to a blue dress, a blue coat, and a book bag. That's all I had to my name. Um, and so I was in the Bowery Mission Women's Center from February 27, 2017 to September 1st, 2018. And while I was there, it wasn't working. We were, we were, We were seeing why we were created, what was our purpose, volunteering to help children, volunteering to help the men of of the Bowery Mission, the original Bowery Mission at 227 Bowery in uh, New York City. And I learned how to, I learned sisterhood. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have televisions. We didn't have all those things. So we had to deal with each other. And people walked in thinking that I was going to say, oh, I'm Shark take. I'm like, dude, I'm homeless. I don't want to talk about none of that. So it was about me being quiet. And in that time, I learned how to cook and I learned how to be in community. Wow. And um, going from never thinking I I could ever have a day without drinking and my 44th birthday is January 22nd, 2023. I've been cleaning so over six years. Well, happy birthday and congratulations. Thank you. And so when you asked me about rock bottom, you know, I heard people say my, my best was behind me. I'd never be on stage. I'd never do the things that I got to do. But in those quiet moments, my Heavenly Father said, your second chapter is going to be better than your first. <laughs> my Nobody problem. else believed that. <laughs> And so, Queen, I'm going to tell you, this is how you know everything is full circle. I'm about to tell you something. So, I went to the Tory Burch Embrace Ambition Summit, sat next to Pam Colness, who was a bottomless closet. I was a client and homeless, and I kept talking about her. the killer bitch master. She booked me. That's my first speaking gig. It was free. And you know what it led to? Everything speaking else. a smart and sexy day at Viacom. Which led to pay speaking engagements, which led to people seeing a different me. I didn't go back to places where I was tolerated. I went to places where I was celebrated. They didn't know my backstory. So I became the killer pitch master again. And I I came from a place of power, not from where I was. Right. And people booked me on that and my talent and my ability to upgrade their sales teams and, and you know, slaying all competition with the killer pitch. My backstory wasn't necessary to these big companies or to author speakers, and entrepreneurs. My best was yet to come. And so wouldn't you know that Monday I got an email from ACD and they were like, "Um, yeah, we like you to speak at Smart and Sexy Day on March 2nd. My first speaking engagement I got. Because I wasn't going to let my past stand in the way. And I was going to present myself powerfully. And the only reason I feel comfortable talking about my past now. Is because I've succeeded beyond rock bottom. And because my talent isn't respected in certain places. But it is so embraced in others. So it's like the bottle of water that's a dollar. That's $10 at stadiums. That's $40 at the, 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 you know what I'm saying? I had to go where I was celebrated, not tolerated and come from a position that I am powerful. My backstory is irrelevant to what I'm about to do in this room. What I'm about to do on that stage. What I'm about to do with my clientele. And so rock bottom was what I built my present and my future on. And so when people talk to me about certain things, I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't always here. I still don't have parents that love me. I'm still, in some ways, trying to develop a relationship with some of my family members. But the people who dissed me yesterday are in my inbox today. And that's why my second chapter is better than my first. And rock bottom, a lot of people have been here and can't get out because they don't think people will listen. Mm-hmm. My journey was my story isn't about me anymore. It's about those who come behind. And we live in an age where social media makes everything seem like everything was perfect. It was not. The only things perfect about me are my pitches. I am always a work in progress and I still make mistakes and I still cry about things and yet I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and the best there is, the best there was and the best, was, and the best I'll ever be when it comes to pitching. Shout out to Brett the Hitman Heart, WWE from way back away, WWF, WWE.
0: <laughs> what is it about your pitches that make them so perfect? And thank you too for sharing your story because that's, I think sometimes it's easy to overlook and not want to talk about the painful moments, but everybody has painful moments.
1: Very much so. What about my pitches that are perfect? Is that they're emotionally compelling. They don't start off with my name is, and this is my company. That's boring. You got to give a reason for people to care. So if you think about when you're at networking events right and everybody gets 30 seconds on 45 seconds 60 seconds what are you going to say that's going to captivate and titillate and it's not about having a gregarious personality it's -hmm. being able to speak to the problem or the challenge and your prospects own words not yours Mm -hmm. i don't use things oh we're going to manifest we're going to slay all competition with a killer pitch Some of you all are speakers and you're constantly asked to speak for free. What if you packaged position and pitched yourself in a way that what a money resides? What What if you're seeking investor dollars? What are you going to say that's going to make them just open up that checkbook? Mm -hmm. Some of you all would be so much further if you had people who knew how to pitch you. You're not going to be in every space where opportunities come, but they will be. How do you teach your network to pitch for profit? How do you build, rebuild, and then monetize on that? Right. Another thing I think that makes my pitches so unique is I have no desire to make you sound like everyone else. I want you to come in the fullness and the boldness of who you are. If you're an introvert, let me say this for y'all because I get this question all the time. Well, I don't have your personality. I said when I started, no one had no one wanted this personality. They wanted the but I would smoke them in competition when I hit that stage, I said, mm, you've seen the rest <laughs> get ready for the best. you know you know so, I think,
0: yeah, I love that you're saying that because I have a couple of clients who are very introverted, like practically hermits. Right. And I've seen them speak and they transform into, I i, I want to say like this different human, but that's not quite true because they really are themselves, right. but they're so passionate about what they're doing. And, and they're a the
1: quiet storm. Like, yeah. have you ever been around, like maybe someone in your family, when they, when they spoke, everybody listened, cause they spoke, they didn't speak that often, but you knew they were about to drop some hot fire
0: my son is like like
1: that yeah so it's kind (laughs) of like yo everybody stop like remember that song ice ice baby i want to stop take a break and listen ice is back on a brand new edition you know (laughs) oh my god we're (laughs) gonna wrap yes yes so what i'm saying is you know i often teach my clients drop a set of books or stand in your power so wise people are talking they're gonna be who's that person standing in front of the room and you're like tupac all sudden and when you capture their attention, pull them closer to you. See, I have a big personality that wasn't accepted in the beginning. Too fat, too black, no Ivy League degree. I get you. That sounds like a challenge to me. And I love to meet a challenge. Before my quiet storms, there is nothing wrong with that. You're going to you have to position yourself as when you drop that hot fire all eyes all all ears need to be on you all eyes need to be on you and so you can make a scene by dropping some books somebody can yell something but it still has to come back to you and in that moment where they're looking at you you start off with a bang and with fireworks versus me when i come in I come in sometimes like if I'm and there's a difference between, you know, if I'm just pitching, if I'm keynoting, if I'm training in all those different realms, there's a different part of me that comes out as a keynoter. You know, I want to come out to Nicki Minaj's moment for life because they're not expecting it. They're thinking, I didn't. Is she hood? Is she about to be ratchet? No, I'm about to show you the best of both worlds coming together when I'm training. What is a song I think would be appropriate for that audience? What's wrong with being, what's wrong with being, what's wrong with being confident? You don't expect the five foot nine, 200 plus pound, full figure diva, plus size fashionista to take the business world by storm. And yet I won big because I refuse to be in the box that others wanted for me, right? And so when you're training, What are things that you can add in it that makes it engaging? Like I'm an engaging speaker. I'm not a lecturer. I went to law school. Don't want to be lectured to. So to go back to the introvert, embrace the quiet storm. For the gregarious ones, be careful with how you use your personality. And make sure they're still learning nuggets. I'm not a comedian. I'm a trainer and a teacher and an international professional speaker and a best-selling author. So communication is my game. And finally... We have so much in our arsenal Mm -hmm. that we never bring to the table because we think it does not matter. Some of us are taught that our perceived flaws, age, race, class, sex, sexual orientation, um, ability, different ability, disability are going to be things that hold you back. And I challenge you to bring them forward. Why? They'll never see you coming. It's It's a perceived flaw. It's not a real flaw. Yeah. So if you already see me as a black woman, okay. If you see me as tall, big boned, okay. You might expect meek and mild, not gonna happen. And my different, my invisible disabilities are as popping as everyone else's abilities. So, with everything that I was told was wrong with me and everything that my clientele has been told was wrong with them, we embrace them, we bring it to the fore. And because they never see us coming, we slay all competition. We've studied so long others, how they made it. They give money, all kind of stuff. Well, a lot of us didn't have that, but what do we have? Creativity, the ability to outwit, outplay, and outlast all competition. And so if you want the boring and the standard, or you can go to the Google school of learning how to pitch, go ahead and do that. My clients will wipe up the floor with you because they've been taught in a certain way that you got to survive and thrive. And it's not by using the master's tools to dismantle the master's house. It's not going to happen. So come from a different direction.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you really dig into what makes each person unique and special and allow that to come out and shine so that- Right,
1: because if I don't, they're going to compare themselves to others when there really is no comparison. And if you don't embrace it in yourself, your pitches are going to fall flat. Your presentations are going to go fall flat, and people think that you can come and get get free stuff from you. No ma'am, no ma'am, and no sir. Yeah. And that's why packaging, positioning, comes before pitching.
0: So it's taking all the goodness and wrapping it up in a way that works for that person.
1: Right. And having the right message for the right audience. You're not for everybody. So don't be everywhere because everybody is not your client. Everybody's not your friend. Everybody's not your potential customer. Everybody's not your prospect. So getting so narrowing things down so that it lands with the right way and not because you say everybody, oh, I'm coaching. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There's nothing wrong with being a coach. Too many people are in the same places and their life doesn't their, their life ain't popping so I don't know why you're a life coach um you got some people who are business coaches can you run a successful business or we regurgitating and so I want people to come out of that and bring themselves to the fore mm-hmm. and demonstrate why they are the only choice that matters and they got what receipts I love it <laughs> we could now, have what I've said that in my 20s You already know I ain't know that in my 20s. Of course, At this stage, it is so funny when people are pitching or they're talking. I'm not sitting here critiquing. I promise you I'm not. I notice things, but I'm like, I'm always proud because most people are afraid to speak. Most people are afraid to write that email to a VIP. Most people are afraid to get on a podcast because they don't look, act, right? I'm like, dude. My closet door is open. There's boxes upstairs that I need to take out. And I'm like, this is real life. It does not take away from the fact that I am the killer Pitchmaster, a.k.a. the Pitch Queen. And what we do, slice and dice, regardless.
0: Well, and I think it's important to make that distinction, too, because you are excellent at what you do. I've seen the awards that you've received. I've seen, you know, you grow change and evolve over the years and and the places that you've spoken at and the people that have hired you to be on stages that are very prestigious but it's still real life it's still you're still human like everybody else again
1: queen still human
0: yeah like your closet door being open that's life all day right like i've had other guests on and they're their dogs decide to bark in the middle of recording and, you know, that it just, it is what it is.
1: Oh, very much so. I mean, and with the pandemic and economic downturn, social unrest, like, I didn't think I would be recording at the Korea. And sometimes things are all over the place because you just came back from somewhere. And I think that that goes back to when we started talking in the beginning, like, I am me. Well, I would love for everything to be perfect around me and, you know, have the background you have. But well, Sometimes it ain't that. But I pray that excellence doesn't come from perfection. Yeah. You no. Know, and as a speaker, as a trainer, things aren't going to be there. Sometimes water, sometimes water is so far away from you. Sometimes I don't need a podium, but sometimes things happen. How do you adapt regardless? And I'm going to show up early. And be ready for you, even if the background be all over the place. And that's perfect. Right. I told you, I, uh, I'm a work in progress at all times. My pitches are perfect though. That's good.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Share with us a little bit about the Perfect Pitch Academy and um what you're teaching there, how people can evolve.
1: So with our Perfect Pitch Academy, which some people have been asking me about for years, is it was finally time for authors and speakers and entrepreneurs who really could not understand why they weren't gaining more visibility and credibility and becoming the only choice that matters. And oftentimes it comes down to how they are presenting themselves, how they're pitching themselves. How are they positioned and how are they packaged? And so when I created the Perfect Pitch Academy, it was about focusing on all three Ps for three months. You know, so what is that big pitching challenge that a lot of people have? They know what they do. Mm -hmm. They just can't explain it in a way that captivates, titillates, or at least gets them thinking, you know, let me go check her out. Oh, she do this. Oh, we need that. Or if it's not for me, I know someone who that's for. So- we first start off with flipping the script, flipping the script on boring pitches. Plot twist. <laughs> because a lot of what you've been told ain't real today. It, it's not. And so if I got to flip the script, you have to know why we're flipping the script. The right. old script is not working in a social media world. So how do we marry the old and the new and still keep you authentic in all in all of that? So they know they're dealing with you or your company or everything like that. So flipping the script, plot twist, showing them the difference between an average random and ordinary pitch and how to take it into a killer pitch mode so you can slay all competition. And then working in a in small group on some other things that come up as you're learning how to pitch. Like, are you pitching to the right people? Remember I talked about a lot of people are pitching to the wrong audience. Mm-hmm. Why do you have the right pitch for the right audience? How do you niche down on what you're doing so it's very clear to others, right? And so then they're learning they're, I mean I'm teaching, I'm teaching real life training, but I also have one-on-one time with each of the participants because there's some things they want to say to me, some things that they are kind of afraid. And I want to offer them space for that and take them into killer pitch mode. So in that three months, it's about the training. Mm -hmm. It's about the homework. It's also coming out with something tangible that's going to transform the way you, as well as others, see your company, right? And again, packaging, positioning, pitching. Three months taking you from where you are to where you need to be so that you are not a dime a dozen and everybody, yeah, I don't want that for you. And so that's what the Perfect Pitch Academy is about. Yes, I teach and I train. You're not getting anybody else but me, but you're also learning from people. Listen, all of y'all are already successful, but y'all want to know what's that next level look like. How do you get to having VIPs reach out to you or creating the right type of post that make you the only choice that matters? So that's what you'll learn in the Perfect Pitch Academy.
0: It sounds like a ton of fun.
1: It is. And I also do something for... Um, attorneys and sales professionals call Rain Make It One Hundred and One from day one. So I work with, you know, companies and nonprofits and foundations, but also law firms on teaching how to actually gain clientele from day. So you just think, oh, well, you know, I just do this. I do the hard work. That's cute, but if you don't have a network, we need to start building that or rebuilding it so that you have the right people around you. So when it comes to clientele, they think of you first mm-hmm. and that improves where you are at the firm. If you're an attorney or improves the organization, because when you can bring in the money, you go from being a worker bee to queen bee. And if you're bringing in sales, they're not getting rid of you.
0: No. Yeah. It it really does change your relationship when you're the one that's driving sales.
1: You're an asset now. Yeah. You're at well, no, we we no no they bring them no 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 no. You ever notice the people who bring your money? They can be horrible, but they bring it to quit like, we'll, we'll think about that with you. A worker business like nah, it's a dime a dozen. We'll we can slash pay. You know anybody? Everybody wants a job. Mm, you don't want a job. You want a career, and so if you have a book of business, they ain't trying to let you go. But there'll be other people who will pay you more. <gasps> Is there a bidding war? Am My franchise player. Oh, <laughs> I can run with my own paycheck. <laughs> Yes. And that's the power of pitching, but also it shows you the trajectory of when people think of pitching, they think Shark Tank or they think of networking events. And I'm like, baby, pitching goes so much further. It's your social media posts. It is in your proposals. It's in so much. And that's why I feel so incredibly blessed that I live long enough to see my second chapter outshine the first through what my clients are doing. Mm -hmm. It's proprietary Uh, mix that I've created.
0: I have to say for me, that's one of the like most exciting things is seeing the transformation that happens. And then, and then my clients going out and impacting other people. Yes. Right. Like, Like, and getting to a place too, where they're like, they're so comfortable in their own skin and the results that they're getting for their clients Levels in yes. a whole different, different dynamic. And right. Just, you get to watch the same thing.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's like, ask me, what's the, what's the best thing? And the best thing is watching them fly beyond their wildest dreams. Yeah. You know, some people would just love to have one client. And then now they have multiple or customers, right? I mean, you think about it. I've written four number one best-selling books. And I feel like the books is what got people to notice me the second go-round. So with my first book, Bad Bs, Bad Bitches and Power Pitches, what would you name it that? It served its purpose. You're captivated the lady, or you're repulsed. And now you really kind of intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> and Either way, they're it. perusing it. But they're like, hold up. I didn't think nobody was going to buy it. Wait, wait, wait. BMW has our book? oh, I got to see what's in here. Then you got me like, just teach your women. What's about that? Mm. That's what a good pitch does. <laughs> it. Then they see people buying. Then they see you with some other people. I'm like, mm, okay, you know, I'm going to get it on a low. Oh, shoot. There's some good stuff up here. Oh, shoot, I see why she named it that. You, and that's what going against the grain is. It's It's hard to be yourself in today's world. I'm sure it's always been hard. Yeah, uh, but people eventually bend to the success and not trying to be everybody else like we were taught when we were younger.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it, like so much of, of <laughs> our growing up, like just going to public school. Your girl? All right, like walk on the blue line, everybody, you know, follow all these rules, conform, do the things so that we're all alike. Right. Um, those are our most formative years. So instead of celebrating our uniqueness and being able to express ourselves, we're now narrowed into the blue line.
1: I'm telling you. And I mean, you know, I, I, I pro- I'm i probably in public school today, which is probably so different because, man, when they had the pandemic and, you know, I don't have any children. So it wasn't like I was at home watching somebody learn on the computer because that would have dri- if I was younger, it would have driven me wild. Like, I got to sit here and just listen all day. Is paint drying? Like, you know, like, I couldn't. I can't. Imagine. I can't. So like I, I can't go to a school like I can't go to a like like say if I'm going to earn a degree and I have to do everything online. I already know I, my attention is not there. And I need some um, what do you call it? Physical live stuff. I need something of that. But I'm I'm thinking about kid, how kids have had to learn has changed so abruptly. And I yeah. think some of them are still struggling, right? Struggling with that. You know, I, I, I didn't go through that, but I do remember following the leader, Simon says, all that kind of stuff. And over time in business, what worked, some of it still does marrying with new, 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 uh, newer things. But I I would be sad if everything had to be done virtually all of a sudden, I think that would scare me because I'm like, There is no human aspect. And so, you know, when you call places and let's say you have to wait five, 10 minutes or there's no way you can talk to a live person. You might have the one question that is not in the facts or not in those questions that never gets through because Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit in these things. So which one of these is not like the other? (laughs) Yes, yeah. Hand raising. (laughs) I mean, I'm glitt- I'm Liberace right now. Come on!
0: <laughs> I always refer to it as being the the sparkly sheep. Like there's everybody else me who doesn't fit in. So
1: <laughs> I'm with you, Queen. I listen. I I know I had to fit in at 44. I I added. You know, I I respect our celebrities and our our influencers, but I'm really aware that we don't have the same life, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could go to the Maldives, but I ain't going to be there for two months. So I got to... <laughs> I'm just on a yacht. You know, I'm just, I love it that for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Precious, where can everybody find you?
1: You know where y'all can find me? Again, I'm Precious Williams. I am the proud founder and CEO of Perfect Pitches by Precious. And you can find me on my website, pitches. By precious.com. On Facebook, I'm at Perfect Pitch P. On Twitter, I'm at Perfect Pitch P. On Instagram, I'm at Perfect Pitches P. And YouTube, Perfect Pitches by Precious. And let me see, is there anything else I'm thinking about? Oh, we have a new website coming up called Ooh. Perfect Pitch Group.com. If you're seeking any of my books, uh, digital training products, or want to book me as a speaker, check out perfect pitches by precious.com, which will soon turn into perfectpitchgroup.com.
0: Thank you, amazing! I don't think I'm following you on Instagram.
1: Come on, hey, Quick queen, queen, Queen.
0: Well, I'm, when we get off, I'm going to Instagram go is
1: not the biggest for me because you know that LinkedIn. Line?
0: Yeah, I, I've started LinkedIn's starting to grow on me, but I. I've been hanging out more on Instagram. I'm late to the party, really.
1: She said, she said I'm hanging out on Instagram. Well, Queen, if that's where it is, that's, what it is is what it was. I feel like <laughs> the dog videos. That's it. You know, Queen, I have to tell you, I've seen some pet videos and I'm just like, I have never had a pet in my life. But I can live well, by vicariously through these cute little animals just yeah. doing things. Like well, they be having dog and cat videos. And I'm like, I shouldn't be watching because it's not like I got any of them. But I just love looking at them, and so people That's dress horrible. them like, like, like they call them what pet babies, like are they, the pet babies, yeah, pet, pet pet parents. I'm like, y'all serious about this life, y'all? Y'all treat these pet pets better than some kids. So I said, are I you
0: kidding? Them. My old dogs were like, I mean, they lived the cush life, like they they had it going on, and they knew it, and they and Houdini in particular, like he worked it.
1: He like, I'm above these other dogs. I remember Paris Hilton. Oh, he's like, I'm I, I above all of you. <laughs> right. So remember Paris Hilton? She's had some little, little tea cuppy little dog. And I said, that dog, he's better than 90% of the people in this world. I said, that dog probably has some filet mignon. I mean, the little, probably has filet mignon, probably have like, like, like watercress sandwiches. <laughs> the dog, the dog. Um, they go to a restaurant. The dog has to have a eight course tasting menu too. So make sure the food better be right. And the water has to come from a certain, certain these dogs be looking at us sometimes like I dress better than you. <laughs> I think they're I looking that at us. The the look like they like she can buy your life. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, pets. Pets be like, I know I'm My living. God, this. Yes. I mean, just like, I mean, I, I heard I was watching Love, Love Me have This is so long ago. And this woman, she, I mean, her her parents were were extremely wealthy from the way back, like before she was even born. And she said to this woman, she said, I can buy your life. If that's not a sobering thought, that's what these little cats and dogs and birds be looking at. Some people like, you see how I'm living in your wildest dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and i love it i love the i love the stankness but the, the little the little pet, pet 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 baby they just be like mm, yeah you don't belong up in this house you can't stay here too long because you 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 bringing down the the market rate value of this home
0: i am sure that, that was that what He was like his house at
1: some point <laughs> what's he looking like excuse me was hudini looking at some other's like i'm oh, going room, yeah. that but that's just because i don't really want to act out of pocket mommy
0: he had, yes, and a number of other Thank on so. you. He
1: said that's thank on you. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's all good. Precious, it's been so awesome to have you on the show. I love our conversation. Um, you like your energy is just so big and full and delightful. And I'm just I'm just grateful. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Queen, for having me. And you just said the one word is why I'm repeatedly booked to speak and to train energy yeah yeah and so
0: oh yeah i'm hearting you right back and before i forget all your links will be in the show notes so anybody who's interested in checking you out um go to the show notes and click links so you know how we do yeah you know how to do it yes. Anyways, thank you so much
1: thank you my queen
0: It's my hope that you find at least one nugget of value in each episode of Women Who Build Empires. And if that's true, please follow and share Women Who Build Empires with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your support is what will help this podcast be found by more women just like you.